It's another episode of BuddyCast. I'm here with my good buddy, Katie. For those who don't know, Katie is a teacher, and I'm excited about this because it's also Dwarfism Awareness Month, and I'm excited to hear about her perspective from teaching kids because usually, you know, Katie, in Dwarfism Awareness Month, it, some kids really struggle grasping the, you know, the idea that we're, we're like them, you know, like we're just in that field like there there's some you know you see it all the time with a little kid walking down the street walking past you and just turning around like oh yeah all the time yep so let me ask you let me first start by asking what inspired you to become a teacher well that's a complicated question i went to college (laughs) right out of high school i turned 18 the day i started college and we at the time owned a family business and i thought I was supposed to go into the family business. So I tried business management and that wasn't for me. So I went into communication studies, graduated with that and worked for my dad for a year. That summer we were at a bonfire at our cottage at Finley Lake and my cousin and I were talking and I was telling her, I was like, I just hate working behind a desk. I can't stand it. Like, I don't feel like I'm helping anybody. I'm helping a corporate business, but I didn't feel like I was helping people. And so I said, I really want to be a teacher. Like, I'd love to. And she was like, so do it. And I said, I can't tell my dad after my mom and dad that they paid for my college. And, oh, by the way, I don't want to use that. I need to go back to school. And she said, okay, then don't do it. But you'll be miserable at 40. And so I was like, so it took a long time to muster up. But then I went and I talked to my parents and they were like, if that's what you want, then do it. So I ended up working for my dad for a year complete. And then I started class and still worked for him. And um, I started right in. And because I had other credits, I got in the classroom pretty early. And I knew as soon as I was in there that it was what I wanted to do. I always wanted to work with kids. Nice. Nice. Now, what's it like when you meet new students at the beginning of the year? Or Honestly, I've been through all, all the different angles. Um, most of them are very friendly. Some of them are inquisitive and ask questions. Um, some are shy. Some don't want to talk for a while. But, I mean, I always get to them. There's one distinct... Um, memory that comes to mind. I had a picture of my boyfriend at the time, who is my boyfriend again. And in my classroom of him and I, and we, I invited these parents in and we said, and they said, you know, what, who are you? What's your name? Blah, 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 blah. And then, excuse me, there's people in the room. And then their family was really inquisitive so they were running around the room and they saw a picture of jason and i and the one of the kids screamed even her husband is little and i was like oh man this is gonna be a bad year and so that night i went home and i wrote a retired teacher friend and i said i i don't think i can do it i don't want him in my room Like, it's going to be a hard year. And she said, I think you should ask to have him moved out. Like, you won't be able to have a good year. And so I slept on it that night, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to keep him. I'd rather educate him than get rid of him. 
And so I did. And he honestly was probably one of my favorite kids. He ended up a really good kid. But his family had never seen anybody different, didn't know anything different. So all they knew was to make fun. Nice. Nice. What what would you do in that situation when you have a student that just isn't grasping the idea, that just isn't like just isn't being like the rest of the students are like, hey, that's just my teacher. That's you know, like the students truly being like sometimes I rely on the kids to teach the other kids because if kids become so attached that they get defensive form, you know, on my side and they get protective and they'll come tell me, Miss Roach, I saw so-and-so or I heard so-and-so or even we have two schools in our district at different levels because I'm at the primary school up to second grade and then there's a three through fifth grade in the district and we'll get reports from siblings in our school that their siblings are making comments and we have teacher friends so we'll just write them and be like hey go have a chat with them <laughs> so we always try to nip it in the butt mm-hmm. because of course at any time too we could get a student that is a dwarf mm-hmm. have you ever had a have you ever had a student that's a little I person? have not. My cousin in Illinois has one right now. So she has been getting him T-shirts from our walk. Mm. And he loves it. He's so excited when he gets them. Nice. Nice. If you ever did get a student that's a little person, do you think it would be? Oh, my God. It, might, it would be my dream come true. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> I'd be very open for it. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned your family's walk. That's one thing I've seen on social media about. It's like a, it's a fundraiser that you and your family put on for. It is. Yeah. Can you tell us more about it? Yes. Um, my dad, well, we had started doing it just our family at Finley Lake and we'd walk a little ways and then have lunch or whatever. But my dad had read an article on, I don't know. USA Today or something. And it was about this walk that's for people that really don't want to walk and they just want to give to the charitable cause. And But they had like smoke breaks and all this other stuff. And so we were like, but we could make a knockoff of that. So we decided a donut break and it was only 0.2 miles and you got two beers with your entry fee too. And the first year was pretty good. I'm going to say we had around 100 people. Um, And the second year was much bigger. We probably had 130 and totally maxed out the restaurant. But so it was really good. On the first year, we collected over 3,000 before we paid bills. Second year, over 5,000. We did it again this year in a pandemic with cold weather. Mostly we did t-shirts, a raffle, and a 50-50, and we still collected over 2600 before bills were paid. So it was just something we believed in. Um, I think as a teacher, I also believe that educate, educating the public is the greatest thing we can do. Um, the weekend of the event this year, Jason was in town, and the two of us went to Walmart in Cory, Pennsylvania, which is a small town, but I've lived here for all my life. And there was some guy that used his iPhone to snap a picture of us and he mm. used the app. So of course we saw it, but 
but I'm also a teacher in here, so in this town, so I don't believe in like confronting them, saying bad things. So we just ducked in the next row and avoided it. Mm. Mm -hmm. That, that kind of like, that brings a question to my mind. Have you ever had a, a parent who's had a negative reaction to dwarfism? Like when, say like on parent-teacher conference night or meeting the parent for the first time? I have not really <laughs> ever run into parents, I will be honest. <laughs> I can tell you just as a side note, when I went to college, my parents and I had discussed what to say to my roommate on the phone. And she and I had been at the same um, orientation, but we never met uh, officially. And so I had just said, I'm short. But when I walked into our room on the first day of college, I knew that she wasn't happy that I was a dwarf. And mm -hmm. we lived together the three weeks that they freeze you to live together. And then thankfully she moved out, but I would have moved out if she didn't move out. Mm -hmm. She You're never right. accepted me as a person. Yeah. That's unfortunate, especially when it's not only the situation, we all had a roommate here and there that's just been, you know. Right. Like, here's I your. I didn't ask to live with you either. But exactly. That's just yeah. what happens. Yep. We all have that roommate that really, you just break out the duct tape and go, your side, my side. Yeah. And that's what she was. And I wouldn't have, I would have never been like that, but mm -hmm. that's totally how she was. Mm -hmm. We have a question from the audience. Tell us about where the money for the walk goes. The money for the walk. We, so in the two years past, we, the first year it went all to LPA in the corporate office. Last year we split it between our chapter here in Pittsburgh and LPA. This year we're only going to send it to the chapter in Pittsburgh just because it's not as big of an amount. Mm -hmm. That's nice. So how long have you been involved with the LPA, by the way? Oh God, that's an interesting question. Um, well, my parents got involved as, as I was a baby. Actually, my parents helped start the Pittsburgh chapter with another couple from Pittsburgh, the Buckleys. Um, and then as a teenager, I decided it wasn't for me. I didn't want to be involved. I didn't look like that. I didn't act like that. I didn't need dwarf friends because I had other friends and all that jazz. I think a lot of people go through it in LPA. And then as I got into my 20s, I decided it was something that I wanted to do. But at that point, I was older that I didn't want my parents going with me, but I also didn't want to go alone. So I used to talk my sister, my older sister, Jane, into going and my younger sister, Maggie, and my whole family has been now. But I've made some of the best friends in my life there. That's awesome. And I've also met my current boyfriend there. Oh, nice. Nice. Reminds me of my story a little bit. You know, my current girlfriend's a little person. We met yeah. online, but we actually have a funny story. We were at the same uh, regional. She came to a regional here. I think it was the Philly regional. Uh-huh. And she asked me, like, it was about a month or two ago. She asked me, she's like, were you at this regional in this area by chance one day? It was either that or the national in D.C., one of those two. And I'm like, I believe so. Why? She sends me the group photo and says, third row, fourth person, fourth person in. Oh, yeah. Dip, oh, that's 2013. Awesome. So another question from the audience. I hear you have a great Target story, too. 
Look at her. Uh, we do have a good Target story. Maggie, who's asking the question, my <laughs> sister, she and I were in Target and we were just walking down an aisle and I did not hear it. She did hear it. But a little kid said to their mom, mommy, 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 she's little. And we love this response. We wish it was universal. But she just said, she knows that, honey. Like, we don't need to tell her she's little. She knows it. She probably sees it in the mirror every day. Mm-hmm. That's all. I always, I love that response. And I love the response of when the kid asks, mommy, why is that boy or girl so small? Just looking at the parent's face, because the parents, nine out of 10 times, will get that look on the face like, uh, time to and go. Honestly, I would rather them let the kids yeah. ask this questions than like, exactly. And put their fingers over their mouth and everything else. I exactly. would rather them let yes. them ask because they think they think like we're gonna like lash out or like just get offended. Like, why would you ask something? But it's a chance to educate. Exactly. Right, and that's firmly what I believe. Mm-hmm. I will say the best reaction I got to that. I was working a ticket line for or for an all you can eat line at one of my jobs, and the kid was on his dad's shoes. You know, hanging on his dad's leg. Uh-huh. And he got half the question out. Daddy, why is that boy so? And his father just went, hmm. <laughs> and just walked away with the kid on his legs. I looked at my coworker and went, I need a minute. <laughs> yep. So um, speaking of like spreading education, you know, October is Dwarfism Awareness Month. Right. What are some ways you think we could spread education about dwarfism awareness during this time period or just overall, just in general? I think through events. Um, another thing I believe is the t-shirts like we, my family makes that I have on. Like to to wear those because we've worn them out when it's not Dwarfism Awareness Month. And we get many questions and we happily answer them. But I think that spreads knowledge and education too. Nice. Nice. I believe this is a question... Are your siblings ever defensive when people start staring or gawking? Or yes, they are very defensive. Um, we've had some run-ins. Some can be kind, and some can end up not so kind. It also depends on the person it's coming from. Nice, but they're nice. they're all very protective. Hey, it's better to be protective than just to be the sibling of. Yeah, I've heard that one before. Or, they're thick blood. They'll be fine. You know. But speaking speaking of a sibling, um, my one of our favorite stories. My brother, who's older than me, always was mad at my mom. Why are the crayons always so close to Katie? Have you noticed that her arms are half as long as yours? But growing up, my siblings didn't notice, think about it, and even still, um, I have teacher friends. My confirmation sponsor, I've. I went to school where she was a teacher and now I work with her and she was my confirmation sponsor. And she walked in my room one day and she said, why is your smart board so low? And I looked at her and I said, um, because I'm so short. And she's very intelligent, but she was like, oh, and she just didn't think of me as short. Yeah. Um, I had another friend I was going to pick money up from. And she was leaving me money, so she taped it on the door 
And I called her and I said, well, thank goodness Maggie came with me. And she said, why? What happened? I said, well, the envelope is five feet in the air. And she said, I didn't think about it. I just shut the door and taped the envelope there. Yep, I'm sure. But as they've always said, we don't think of you as short. We think of you as Katie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what my brother said one time. My brother, my mom asked my brother when he got to that age where she knew he could understand. Uh, what do you think of your brother? Like, what are your thoughts on him? Is he short? He's like, mom, he's big. He can read. Right. Mm-hmm. It's I all in kid perspective. I had a little girl that came to my class like mid-year and they just came in one morning and said, you're getting a new student. Here she is. Well, kindergarten world is crazy in the morning. And so I hadn't gotten a chance to talk to her. And so she said, she came up to me and I said, hi, honey, what's up? And she said, you're big. And I just looked at her and I thought, oh, this is interesting. And I said, what do you mean, honey? And she said, you may be small, but you're big in my world. And I just, that stuck with me. I thought that was one of the cutest things ever. Mm-hmm. We have another question from the audience. What's your favorite part about teaching? Honestly, I can say that it's being at their level. I mean, I love, as far as teaching per se, I love when you see the light go on. You know, you could be teaching a math concept for days and suddenly they're like, I get this. This is great. But the dwarfism part, like, I love being at their level because they're not afraid to hug me or anything else. And even in this pandemic with our masks on, they'll say, can I just get a little? And they'll turn away and want just a little loving. But Oh, my goodness. Speaking of, like, spreading love and everything, one question I always ask my guests who come on this show is, if you could have our audience donate to one charity of your choice, what would it be and why? I would say Little People of America, number one, because it's my greatest belief. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the LPA stands for a lot of things as far as scholarships. But I think the social aspect really, really helps a lot of dwarfs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of dwarfs bank on that. I think this pandemic has made it hard for them not being able to see other dwarfs, people their, people their type. I mean, we live 45 minutes from each other, but mm-hmm. we don't have many around us. So, I mean, it's rare that you see another dwarf. Mm-hmm. And if so, it's like, it's honestly one of the happiest moments of your, of your right. day. Like, And mm-hmm. it's more rare if, if they're your age or if they're somebody you're interested in, or if they're, you know, this, that, or the other thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's a really good question. From how do you spend like your first week explaining your dwarfism to the kids? You answered it a little earlier, but like most of them will just grasp it from the start. But for those right. who um, I never bank on them grasping it from the start. Mm-hmm. I typically take pictures. I really like to show my kids that I'm the only dwarf, so that they see that my siblings and my parents are average size, but I'm just a dwarf in this world with them. Um, I also read the book, not too big. I used to read Thinking Big. I still show the pictures from Thinking Big. And I have both the um, books in my room at all times that just sit there. So they can look at them or they can ask me questions about them all year long. 
um, as a student in Corey, my mom used to always buy all the little people books and put them in all the libraries of the schools so, so that could, kids could take them out and learn about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump off of this question that was asked and form it into my own question. Have you ever um, introduced another little person to the LPA before? Have you ever, like, like their question is, has your walk ever brought a little person into the I'm sorry. One minute, the dogs. Mm. Um, I don't think I have. I'm trying to think. We've met people as far as a family. We've met people. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd have to ask my mom. But I haven't individually brought people to, L to LPA. Mm. My, my mother may have. I love dogs. Oh, yeah, they're great. <laughs> so another question that I asked, and I think you would be the perfect person as a teacher to answer this. In your own words, how would you describe a buddy? I found this an interesting question. Um, <laughs> I think buddy means a couple different things, but for the first First and most important part, I think Buddy is somebody that's always there for you no matter what and that you can lean on. <laughs> Sorry. You're good. You're good. You know, I just you know, and, her and I said, come get dogs. And apparently one of the dogs didn't want to leave. Ah. Uh. They broke in the room anyways. It was locked. Not a problem. The amount of times I've had to mute my the, my part of the mic because a dog downstairs is trying to say hi to the neighbor. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you were saying about the... About oh, the, I'm sorry. You're good. You're so, good. I think a buddy is somebody you can lean on all the time or just when you need it. Like... Because we all have those friends that aren't, we don't talk to them every day, but when you do see them, you pick up right where you left off. Mm -hmm. I think that's a buddy, but I also think a buddy can be somebody that's there just like, say, a school buddy. I think I think a lot of my kids are school buddies. They're, they're buddies because we're in school in the same classroom, but they like them and they get along with them and they have fun with them. That's I think awesome. it's so, definitely somebody that you enjoy having spending time with. Yes, most definitely. And now I'm going to ask you what I call the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. For yeah. anyone out there who wants to go into education and become a teacher, what is your advice to them? Do it. Find your passion, though. My sister teaches kindergarten. I teach second grade. We're in the same school. I taught kindergarten for 10 years. I thought I loved it. And then they moved me to second grade and I completely love second grade. But I talked to sixth grade teachers. One of our good friends is a sixth grade teacher. And I talked to her and I'm like, you couldn't pay me to do sixth grade. But then she feels the same way about second grade. She's like, you couldn't pay me to do that. So I really say find your passion. Because if you're not enjoying it, the kids don't enjoy it and nobody's going to have fun and nobody's going to learn. Mm -hmm. Beautiful advice. Beautiful. The, uh, 
anything you want to conclude on? Like, and I guess I would add that, add to that, follow your heart, because especially for me, I went to work for my dad, nothing wrong with my dad. I just didn't like corporate life, but I would say if your passion is to be with kids or help kids or work with kids, then do it. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So is there anything else you want to add in any comments or anything of the sorts? Anything, anything you wanted to conclude on? Um, I guess I would just add that I do have a really supportive family, very open. We talk we talk about me being a dwarf. Mm-hmm. My sister teaches kindergarten and then I teach second grade in the same school, so our name is both Miss Roach. So the kids see is mm-hmm. the kids alone, they named us the tall Miss Roach and the little Miss Roach. My sister's only 5'2", so she thinks it's great to be the tall one at (laughs) (laughs) 5'2". So, and I didn't see what her question said. What did her question say? Is it cool that you have a sister teaching the same school? It is definitely cool. I love it. I love every minute of it. We go see each other on Fridays. Friday's our visit, big visit day. She comes and gives my kids their spelling test. I just go to see her kids and really rile them up. But it is very cool. It's like the, it's I like. Called, the- I called her one day. We have school phones. And I I was teaching on the carpet and we couldn't see our door. And I said, you guys go see who's at the door. And two of her kids were there. And I said, hi guys, what's up? And they were like, we need the mail. And I said, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. So I called her and I said, I have two of your kids in my room. She said, they were supposed to go to the office. I said, well, they came to see me. <laughs> so it's definitely very cool. We have a lot of relatives that work in our school, sisters and such, sister-in-laws. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like it. Mm-hmm. Going off what you were saying earlier about like how she has your kids for spelling and then you get her. It's kind of like the ant situation when you drop off the, when they drop the kids off to you you get them all sugared up all wild up oh and then, yeah definitely then you oh, get back, they all my kids their spelling test and she makes up the silliest sentences and they just think it's hilarious and then i'm like all right after she leaves we're going back to work remember <laughs> so but anyways thank you so much for joining us on the show thank you for being what I call, it was great yeah, what i call being a buddy on buddy cast For all my buddies out there, this is my buddy, Katie Roach. Thank you again for joining us. And as I end every single episode, if you could do one favor for me, go be someone's buddy today. I agree. That's a good message for second grade. Mm -hmm. We'll catch you next time here on BuddyCast. Thank you. Well, the days are going fast. Buddy, buddy, we've got to make them last.